Amen. Hey, that's right. If you guys want to turn to our section there in New Age, and I'll get the incredible red screen off and do the exciting thing I do every week. And I uh, apparently put a little box there around the title. That's right. Uh, World Religions, Cults, and the Occult is our study. And once again, we are back on the topic of New Age. That's right. How many guys had a birthday? That's not what I'm talking about, even though you do have a new age every year, once a year. Uh, if you keep, how many guys realize that when you keep breathing, birthdays keep coming? Let's just close in prayer. Wasn't that profound, Barry? Yeah, let's just move on. And uh, we're in the topic of new age. We already saw, of course, with the new age uh, issue. Obviously, it's not Christianity. As we're going to see tonight, absolute hatred towards Christianity. I think that's one of the lot of stuff that I had. Uh, before I got saved, where that came from. But New Age Nam, New Age Movement, we'll see tonight some other names that they also go by. Uh, it's kind of hard to pin them down because we're going to see, it's built, uh, as we saw last time, it's built on relativism. You know, remember relativism? Whatever you believe is true to you, whatever I believe is true to me, etc., blah, blah, blah. Anything goes except for absolute truth. There are no absolute truth. Are you absolutely sure about that? You know, the hypocrisy. You tolerate anything except for Christianity, and it's hypocrisy, it's illogical, etc. But it's hard to pin them down because basically it's the lie of Genesis 3, as we saw before. You will be like God. You get to determine what's right and wrong, good and evil, right? And so everybody gets to pick and choose, so there's a conglomeration. Now we saw, with all that said, by and large, that they basically believe in monism and pantheism, and that you can become your own God, or, or you already are God, you just need to realize that, your own personal divinity, reincarnations, we're going to see a lot of this came from Eastern mysticism and, and things of that nature, and again, the basis of moral relativism. Again, everything is true, okay, is the basis, okay, but we're going to get in tonight on the aspect, probably the next uh, couple of weeks, Lord willing, and that is the history of this stuff, the history of the New Age. How in the world did this even come upon the scene in the first place, okay? Well, let's get reacquainted with, again, the premise of New Age, and then we'll launch into that. Uh, the New Age movement is a united body of diverse believers with two simple ideas, okay? Two simple ideas. The first thing is that they are predicting that we are headed for a New Age, hence the term New Age, an era of heightened spiritual consciousness that is going to usher in an international global peace, and it's going to end all problems of racism and poverty and sickness and hunger and war, and we just you need to unite under a one-world leader and a one-world government, and why does that sound familiar? It's the Antichrist kingdom, right? That uh, the Bible has been warned about for 2,000 years. But they think it's a good thing, and they think, man, we're headed for this. It's awesome. So that's the premise. They think that what the Bible warns about, the Antichrist coming kingdom, is good. They call it New Age, other terms, Age of Aquarius, things of that nature, whatever you want, uh, is the label. Now, they also believe that there's going to be a massive spiritual awakening that's going to make this New Age possible, this social transformation around the world. But there's certain things you got to do in order for that to happen. So, as we would say, well, hey, if you want to have a spiritual transformation, what do you do? Get into the Word of God. You need to understand who God is, that He is holy. We are not. You need to read in the Word what He said, that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. None of us are worthy of heaven, and it's only through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross that gets us there. You weren't there. You didn't see it, neither was I. We can't earn it. It's a gift from God, so you have to receive it by faith. You do that, and you truly repent, and you accept that. Uh, the Bible says you are born again. You have a spiritual transformation, all right? That's what the word born again means. In the Greek, anathen, it means born from above, born from a higher place, okay? You have a spiritual transformation. So that's what we preach. That's not what they say. They go, mm, get away from the Bible. Uh-uh. And they turn to, and we're going to get into this, Lord willing, in a few weeks. We're going to start nailing down their practices. It's going to take probably a couple weeks just to get through their history, Okay, because I want to see, I want you to see where it came from. And what you're also going to see too, Lord willing, is all these splinter groups with psychology, feminism, and all. Mm, do, you, do your homework, folks. There's a reason why those things are popping up on the scene. Okay, history. But what we're also going to see is into their occult practices. Okay, in order to have this spiritual transformation, don't respond to the gospel. You don't need the Bible. It's occult practices. Okay, that's their new source of truth and experience, okay? As we saw before, and again, we'll get into much greater detail later, uh, that could be uh, tarot reading, astrology, yoga pops up again, meditation techniques, mediumship. We saw last week, if you were here, the video on channeling. How many guys went home and turned your TV off? No, wrong kind of channeling, but that's what it is. Just, you, know, you get into an altered state of consciousness to commune with the higher force. Well, it's demons. It's demons. That's all it is, okay? It's old-fashioned mediumship that God forbids Deuteronomy 18. Uh, but that's what you need to do, they believe, to assist in this. <clears throat> also, transpersonal uh, psychology. Once again, you keep seeing psychology coming into this. Why? 
psychology, suke, mind, soul, ology, study of, the study of the mind of the soul. As we saw before, I'm not going to belabor it <clears throat> in great detail. Uh, Freud and Jung, both the pillars of modern psychology, and they're not the only ones, <clears throat> were also very well attracted into this movement as well. In fact, uh, I think it was Freud who even said if he had to do it all over again, he would go down this route not what he came out with. So they're influenced in it, and it still pops up uh, today. But they also align themselves with another technique, and that's called the holistic health movement. Okay, And uh, we're going to get into that again later in uh, again greater detail, which again, that you can achieve this spiritual transformation. You can get this higher knowledge. You can commune with the forces out there, which again is demonic. You can get into this altered state of consciousness to these health movements, okay, uh, natural healing practices, certain massage techniques, and natural food diets. We're going to talk about that again. You see, I can't wait to, if we can get that far, I can't wait to get there because I think sometimes, I've said it before, you guys think that I'm always picking on vegetarianism because I'm, how many of you guys realize I'm pro-cow? Can we just settle that? I'm pro-cow, okay? I'm not ashamed of it. I'll admit it, right? I'm pro-pig too. You put some crispy pig on that cow, boo, man. I guess that's what you call pow. Let's move on. I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> no, but it isn't just because of that. You're going to see, folks, in the occult, in the New Age, they promote it because there's this certain dietary things that you need to do to cleanse your body, to commune with the... Four, um, we'll get to that hopefully in a second. But that's that uh, acupuncture uh, and uh, to promote uh, spiritual healing. Uh, the I Ching, remember the Chi from last time with the Buddhism, all the study there, with the four Star Wars, that's, that's the same thing. Okay, that's what they uh, believe that you need to do. Now, they have their tools, okay, to bring about that uh, transformation. And again, we might get into this in greater detail later, but we saw uh, was crystals. Why were crystals good? To use a chrome vernacular, uh, that's something, it's like a signal booster, right, in their belief system. It's just a rock, which is funny, as we saw last time, if you recall our text in Revelation 9, I believe it is, in the seven-year tribulation, amidst of God's judgment, in the trumpet, you're in the second half, right? All that stuff has transpired before a fourth of the earth and the global war and famine and plagues and horrible, and, the, and it's just nuts. And they still wouldn't repent instead of the work of their hands, and then they would not stop worshiping demons. But if you keep reading, it says they worship rocks and... What do you mean, worship rocks? When you understand New Age, that's one of their big beliefs, that crystals... Okay, is something you need to help basically boost your signal, to help you, uh, if you're wearing a crystal, it'll give you spiritual vibrations to achieve a greater connectivity with the forces out there. It's big stuff, and it's big bucks. We'll get to that uh, in a second, okay? Uh, but again, the whole idea is that if enough people do this at the same time, remember the 100th monkey theory and the harmonic convergence, then the world will snap into a new spiritual age, will spiritually evolve. So again, you need the lie of evolution, not just for the physical lie okay, of evolution, but also the spiritual lie as well. And the continuance of this okay, has spawned a number of New Age bookstores, periodicals, and organizations in just about everywhere. Okay? Now, how are they pulling this off? Well, once again, as we saw with Hinduism and Buddhism, that they are witnessing and have been for decades witnessing to the West, so is New Age. Okay, and the first thing that they're doing, of course, is publications. I'm going to call out some of the publications they use, just so if you run across it out there in society, just supplant it, it's New Age. Flat out New Age, okay? But, of course, New Age Journal. That's one of the biggest ones out there. Hello, it's pretty obvious, New Age Journal. Uh, but you have another one out there called Body, Mind, Spirit. Oh, if you're into health, it's just there. No, they're trying to seduce you into this. Uh, yoga journal, right? Just flat out, there's that yoga again. Uh, astrology gnosis. What's gnosis? That's one of those special Italian uh, noodles that they have. No, that's gnoche or something like that. No, gnosis is the Greek word for knowledge, right? Astrology knowledge is basically what that means. Uh, East-West is another one. Noetic Sciences. Noetic, Noes for, for mind. Mind Sciences is the name of that magazine. Uh, Spirit Speaks, Inner Light. Psychic News and Omega. I'm going to quote from the Omega letter and a little bit about their hatred of Christianity. So that's the publications. Now, they also go by different names, okay? Because you say, well, I'm okay. That's not what I'm involved in. They didn't say they were New Age. It didn't say NAM, New Age Movement. Well, it goes by different names, okay? You know, they don't say, hey, let's move for a one world government. No, they just use terms like new world order or global governance, right? Hey, let's join us for a one world religion. They don't say that. They say, hey, can't you get along this ecumenical movement? And don't you want to be a part of this interfaith study? And, right? Same thing with the New Age. They just twist the terminology. So let me give you some of their other names. New Age movement, also known as the higher consciousness movement, the human potential movement. 
Heard of that one? That one's more popular. Uh, New thought, Eastern mysticism, Eastern spirituality, enlightenment, paradigm shift, ancient wisdom, age of Aquarius, and the again, the holistic health movement. Now, another reason, and we're going to get into this when we get more into modern times, but just to drop some names, okay, of why is this spreading so fast now, okay, and uh, we're going to get into some of the promoters of this, okay, and believe it or not, one of the biggest promoters of this for quite some time is the UN, okay, a uh, certain Maurice Strong, Canadian guy, uh, Robert Mueller is another one, uh, former assistant secretary general of the UN, uh, Benjamin Cream, we'll talk about again him later, and he's the one that's going around saying the world teacher of Maitreya, which I believe is a term from Buddhism, that this one who's come is going to save us. Uh, he's uh, familiar with that. Also, Oprah Kenobi, Oprah Winfrey, we're going to get into that later. Uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet, movie director Ron Howard. I know, it's a bummer, but what are you going to do? George Lucas, we saw last time with the Buddhism. Uh, Shirley MacLaine, Brad Steiger. Uh, I remember reading his books back in the New Age days. And Whitley Strieber, Strieber, however you pronounce it. And I remember reading his book. He's got some uh, on, he's more of the, into the UFOs and the aliens. They're here to help us and blah, blah, blah. Even though he admits that when they appear on the scene, it's absolute utter terror. And for some reason, it smells like sulfur. Sulfur? What's sulfur? What does the Bible describe the lake of fire as smelling of all things, not burnt chicken, as bad as that is? <laughs> sulfur. Whoa, that's pretty weird. Okay, uh, Joyce DeWitt, remember her? I think that's that Three's Company girl. Remember her? Uh, Marsha Mason, Lisa Bonet, Sharon Glass, Ted Danson. Just saw this. Uh, this. They're advertising a new show. Something about heaven. Did you notice that? Even if you look at the trailer, it's like, excuse me, that's not heaven. This lady's getting schnockered. Whatever. Hey, this place is great. Drink as much as you want. You don't even get a hangover. What? It's called The Good Place or something like that. Or whatever. You seen? And this literally is just coming out. And then, oh, well, no wonder he's a part of it. He's a part of New Age, right? Twisting uh, what heaven really is. Linda Evans, uh, LeVar Burton, Steve, uh, Stephanie Kramer, etc., blah, blah, blah. Now, it's a religious view that is absolutely hostile towards Christianity. Now, I've shared with you uh, my testimony. You know, before I got saved, obviously involved in this and other unfortunate dark things, I was probably not just uh, oppressed, but probably possessed multiple times because in this new age, in the occult, you invite these things to come inside you like we saw last week with channeling and speak through you, etc., blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but you talk about this hatred. I had an absolute dripping, I mean, dripping hatred, specifically of Christians. I look back now, and I think I know why, right? And I think a lot of it was because I was probably filled with demons. And this is what the New Age promotes, an absolute, and it's, it's funny, you accept anything and everything but Christianity. Well, why? I mean, if you were the devil and that's the only way out of this mess, which one would you be picking on? Exactly. So it's a demonic issue. Uh, and they believe that the only religion that cannot be conglomerated into their unified age of utopia is, guess who? Christianity, and that's the education. Uh, what they're trying to educate people. And speaking of which, education. I've been waiting to share this. This is kind of interesting when you do the research. Education. How they've been doing it? Again, through publications, uh, different names and promotion, but also the educational system. Did you know that the UN has taken over our educational system? What? Yeah, let me give you the trail real quick. You can do the research yourself. Back to Robert Mueller, right? In big time New Age. Again, I got big time notes in my office uh, in the Ark of Doom. That's what I call my new desk now. You got to see it, man. Hey, if it ever floods here, go to the desk. We'll be safe. It's a huge man, man looking thing. I'm excited. I got stacked. I put stacks of stuff everywhere, and I still got room to play. But anyway, so. Uh, uh, anyway, so we've got a whole big old stack just on Robert Mueller we're going to eventually get to. Big time New Ager, occultist, things of that nature. But the UN, he developed what was called the World Core Curriculum. Let me translate that for you. Basically, it's train the planet, might sound audacious, train the planet into New Age. Prepare them to receive this New Age, okay? You think, oh, that's him and he's never going to do it. Well, it's been penetrated. Let me give you the trail. It was renamed by George Bush Sr. called America 2000. It was picked up by Bill Clinton, and he renamed it as Goals 2000. Well, why did they keep using the term 2000? Because their goal was to get this into the American schools. This is coming from the new end. This is the new age by the year 2000. That's why it's coming in. And then it went from Bill Clinton to George Bush Sr. He changed it. It's the same program. They just keep changing it with each uh, administration. He called it No Child Left Behind. Now, the same thing's marching forward, and now it's with Obama, right? You know what he's called it? Common Core. 
It's all the same thing. Back up, do the research from George Mueller, World Core Curriculum. That's why you see our kids getting down, dumbed down more and more. They're doing it on purpose. They've grabbed control of our educational system, okay? And they're preparing kids to think globally. Have you noticed with each succeeding generation that's being raised up, what are they what? Are they about American sovereignty? Are they about the Judeo-Christian ethic? Are you kidding me? It's all about relativism. Do whatever you want. It's about globalism, and we need to bring in world peace and combine all religion. Where do you think they're getting that from? The school system. It's been hijacked uh, by these people, and it's been working. Let me give you some of the results. 60 million Americans believe in psychic powers and have had some type of experience with the paranormal. Well, why is that increasing? Well, what's half the shows on TV now? Ghost hunters, ghost this, ghost that, whatever. And we all know, as we saw last week, when somebody starts speaking through somebody, that really is Aunt Vera. No, it's not. Dead person, isn't. you're in hell or you're in heaven, you ain't coming back. Scripture is very clear about that. That's a familiar spirit. It's a demonic spirit, okay? But these shows are encouraging people to make contact, right? And get them into that, okay? 36% of Americans believe that astrology is scientific. Why? Because after all, it's in most newspapers. <laughs> right here, man. 25% of Americans now accept reincarnation. As we went down deep in our study with Hinduism and Buddhism, it is not the same thing as uh, resurrection. Near-death experiences are all over the place. Therapeutic touch, channeling, meditation, UFOs, extraterrestrials, space brothers, ascended masters, right? As we saw last time with the channeling, when they started connecting with these demons, who was popping through? Space aliens, right? And said, excuse me, as we saw it was goofy. You're supposed to be this higher evolved race. Well, well, there, well, there's a lie, number one. Evolution's a lie. So your whole identity is based on a lie. Higher evolved race. You're supposed to be intellectually and also scientifically superior to us because you're supposed to be here helping us. But the only way I can contact you is through a, a demonic occult practice called mediumship that God forbids because it's demonic. Why don't you send me an email? How about a low-tech handwritten letter? How about you just show up and do some lunch? Right? <laughs> no, the only way I can connect with you is a cult practice. Crazy. Okay. Oh, and by the way, if you don't think that's uh, 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 making inroads with people, I truly believe personally that the UFO lie is going to be the perfect explanation to excuse away the rapture of the church, right? Millions of people are going to disappear, but you look at Hollywood media and people's belief system, okay, and you think, oh, that's going to, people are just going to go, not necessarily. You get a world leader on the scene, Antichrist, and somebody else, uh, and from some religious sense, a false prophet. Who keeps saying that? Uh, and you get them on there and do a CNN world broadcast or whatever, and you say, hey, hey, hey as you know, UFOs are real, and etc. blah, blah, blah. Your loved ones disappeared, but... We've been hiding this from you, but now it's time for imminent disclosure. Oh, and by the way, the Vatican is desperately trying to point position themselves, themselves to be that a global spokesperson when aliens supposedly land and things that nature. Isn't that weird? That's really going on. Why? It's almost like you're going to be left behind, Vatican. Uh, anyway, uh, amongst other issues, right? Think about it. But anyway, so no, no, it wasn't the rapture. It was your loved ones being uh, transported by the aliens. And isn't Hollywood showing us visual scenes of people getting sucked up into the... exactly but also they're going to be here supposedly our ascended masters and and that they, they're going to teach us a better way a new age of aquarius you know etc being left behind is a great thing you've been a chosen one and that's all now you think people aren't going to fall for that let me give you two recent statistics and let's move on right now in the united states of america these are current statistics right now more people believe in ufos and aliens than in god right now in the United States of America. This is how prevalent it is, okay? And it's not just because around here in Vegas you can see all the billboards with alien beef jerky. Apparently they make good jerky. No, it's not real, but it's a propaganda thing. But anyway, uh, oh, and the second one, you know what the second stat is? More people believe that aliens have landed on planet Earth than Jesus was the Son of God. You tell me our planet, even the United States of America, is not ripe for that lie, okay? It's all part of the new age thing. Okay, uh, and because of talk shows, movies, etc. Now listen to this, psychic readings, and the ones that keep advertising on TV, psychic readings, and you gotta use your credit card to get a reading, has become the number one infomercial on TV. You stir all this together, what's it mean? America has become a fascinated with the occult. Now why is that important? Because that's what the new age needs people to do to get seduced into this new age lie. You don't need the Bible. You need all these occult techniques. Get interested in anything and everything but that book. Because once you do, you're going to be opening up to a demonic deception. And that's what they want you to do. And it's happening. Financial success. This was 30 years ago. I, I don't have a current stat. Maybe I can get one later. But 30 years ago, uh, it was reported that the New Age market increased to 
billion dollars. Not million, billion. 30 years ago. So what do you got? What are you cranking out now? Because you got your paraphernalia. You got to do all these things. Uh, just the whole crystal things. Crystals can cost anywhere from a couple bucks, 10 bucks, to I kid you not, up to like 10 grand. And of course, you know, the ones that cost more are bigger and they give you a better TV reception or whatever reception you're trying. But that's the thing. And people will do it because that's their spirituality. That's what they got to have, right? And display them in prominent places. Now, what's interesting, uh, fast forward to uh, Revelation 17, 18, when it talks about the woman that rides the beast. Uh, she's uh, pictured one world religion riding the beast, the Antichrist, working with the Antichrist, the one world religion, right, at that time. Uh, it says that she's very opulent, very rich, and things of that nature. And you look at this movement, and you got to have all this, you know, uh, paraphernalia that costs big bucks, right? And you can see how people can rake in the dough on this. Not only that, uh, it says that the merchants of the earth, if you're familiar with that passage, the merchants of the earth do trade with her. And everybody's, it's a lucrative business, right? Open up your own shop and you can see, right? Okay, and then when she is destroyed and God puts it and allows it to happen uh, by the Antichrist, uh, they mourn and weep, right? Because no more buying and selling, trading with the, the woman, the one world religion, it's just... Just kind of crazy. But just again, just to give you a little a teaser, they believe that all is God, that the earth, man, animals, and plants, each one of us have the ability to become the Christ or the Christ consciousness, which Jesus warned about when people in the last days, Matthew 24, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am, not Christ, the Christ. Exact term that the New Age uses today. Uh, they believe that man is destroying the earth along with animals and plants, and unless man changes his ways, Mother Earth will be forced to destroy humanity. And of course, Christianity is the biggest culprit in destroying the earth because we have the audacity to say that man has dominion over the planet. They say that no thing, there's no such thing as sin. We don't need to repent or be saved. Jesus is just but one of many great teachers like Buddha, Muhammad, and the great confused one, or Confucius. Mankind, they say, should seek direction, again, not from the Bible, but from the spirit world via a psychic, a channeler, a palm reader, astrology, angels, space aliens, dead relatives, and meditation. All religions are of equal merit, except, guess who? Orthodox Christianity. And in order for the world to be at peace and harmony, there must be, listen, a new world order, a universal monetary system, world authority on food, health, and water, universal tax, a military draft, a global one, a one world leader, and the abolishment of Christianity. What? What does that sound like? This is their own teaching, folks. That's the Antichrist kingdom. And they're trying to get the planet prepared to think it's a good thing and receive it. And when those Christians disappear, yeah. Okay, but wait a second. They don't really want to get rid of us. Let me read to you real quick two quotes. This is that uh, magazine I told you, the Omega letter, New Age letter. Quote, there's only one obstacle to world unity, Christianity. Christianity claims supernatural knowledge and divine revelation and therefore should not be tolerated. Well, wait a second. I thought you said we're supposed to tolerate everything. Yeah, it's everything but Christianity which is being hypocritical. Uh, Gus Hall, he's a former leader of the Communist uh, Party in America, if you can believe that. You know, we don't call it communism today, do we? But it's still here. Socialism, social reform, yeah, whatever. That's a whole different message. Uh, he said this, listen, I dream of a time when the last congressman is strangled to death on the guts of the last preacher. And since Christians love to sing about the blood, why not give them a little bit of it? Jesus said in John 16, there's going to come a time when people, whoever they, when they kill you, whoever kills you, think they do God a service. And they do that because they don't know me or the Father. Back in 1995, New Age are thinking this, well, it's a good thing it's a small aberration of our population. It's growing massively. Even back in 1995, at that point, and I'm sure it's more today, 20% of the population was New Age, considered New Age in the United States, making it the third largest religious group. So the question is, where in the world did all this start? How in the world did we get into this mess? How do we turn from the scripture? How do we turn from the Judeo-Christian ethic in our country? Well, ultimately, it starts back in Genesis chapter 3, right? As we saw the lie of the Garden of Eden, you'll be like God, don't listen to God, do it Satan's way, listen to him, and you get to decide what's right and wrong, good and evil, right? So, but I'm not going to go back that far, because we've been here a long time. So I had to pick a date. So I'm going to pick a, a classic one. We're going to start, uh, first of all, with the 1600s on into the 1700s. Okay, it's so with a guy named Emanuel Swedenborg. Okay, listen to this guy. He was a Swedish scientist, a revelator, and a mystic. Okay, at the age of 53, he entered into a spiritual phase in which he began to experience dreams and visions. Uh-oh, what's he starting to do? As we saw before, you get away from this book, and if you want to say truth comes from a dream or a vision outside this book, 
you're in a heap of trouble. And what we're going to see, in my opinion, not saying they all are, but the basic same premise that you can get truth outside the Bible is why many of the charismatic community are backing up into new age big time. Because the premise of uh, much of the charismatic movement, with all due respect, is I got a word from God outside the Bible. God told me, or I have a new revelation, or I had this vision and dream. And folks, that's scary ground. That's why we have Mormonism today. That's why I have a, much, a bunch of different, because you're outside the scripture. But that's what this guy started to do. He started to have dreams and visions in a new way, right? It culminated into a, a, quote, spiritual awakening in which he received revelation that he was appointed by the Lord, supposedly, to write his famous book called The Heavenly Doctrine. And the whole premise was to reform Christianity. How's that for arrogance? <laughs> You're the chosen one. Well, that's what he was told by these demons. And God has chosen him to show the real way. Wow. Okay, uh, anyway, according to this heavenly doctrine, the Lord supposedly had opened Swedenborg's spiritual eyes so that from then on he could listen, freely visit heaven and hell and talk to angels, demons, and other spirits, and he believed that the last judgment had already occurred back in 1757. Okay, let's move on. Uh, for the remaining 28 years of his life, Swedenborg uh, published a multitude of works. Uh, uh, he termed himself the servants of the Lord. Sorry, bud, with all due respect. Servants of Satan. You got duped. Okay? And, but the problem is, some followers believe that his works are fully divinely inspired. Do other cults and other false paths and false religions teach the same thing? Mm-hmm. Mormonism. What do they believe about Joseph Smith? Who was uh, involved in the occult himself? Who was a gold digger? Who got his visions by what? I kid you not. We saw before. And we haven't even gotten to that chapter yet. He stuck his head in a hat and stared at a rock and got a vision. Whoa. Okay. And folks, I'm telling you, it's the same thing. Once you get outside the Bible and people put his, they, they, oh, that's just, that's divinely inspired. Right? You got people today, even again in the charismatic movement, I'm not trying to pick on them, but folks, we got to deal with this. Okay. That are saying they're getting a new word from God, a revelation from God. They got a vision from God and they are treating it like this is what God hit. What, then why aren't we writing a new New Testament? I'm telling you. It's dangerous ground. Swedenborg's father descended from a wealthy mining family and he traveled abroad. One of the things that you're going to see with many of these people, I'm not saying all of them, many of these people is a lot of them come to well-to-do families and they got a lot of time on their hands. Not usually a good combo. Okay, lots of money, do whatever you want. Let's go travel and get involved in unfortunate stuff. He published an article attempting to explain the spiritual and uh, mental events in terms of, listen, vibrations or what he called tremulations. Now, that's where that came from. If you're familiar with some of the terminology of New Age, it's about achieving a higher vibration, a spiritual vibration. The crystals are supposed to tune you to get you to a higher vibration, to connect with the right vibrations, to tap into the... came from this guy, this mindset, this uh, Swedenborg guy. Uh, in 1744, he traveled to the Netherlands, and he began to have strange dreams. Uh, some pleasurable, some not so good, he said, very disturbing. And let me give you one instance. Swedenborg was dining in a private room in a tavern in London, and by the end of the meal, a darkness fell upon his eyes, and the room shifted character. Suddenly, he saw a person sitting at the corner of the room telling Swedenborg, quote, do not eat too much. Yeah, you know what it was. It was chicken. No, it doesn't move on. Uh, Swedenborg, he was scared. Okay, obviously, he hurried home. Hello, got this phantom up here. Ooh, right? And later that night, though, the same man, appeared in his dreams and told Swedenborg that he was the Lord. This vision is supposed to be the Lord. And he had appointed Swedenborg to reveal the spiritual meaning of the Bible. You ever run across people like that? And usually it's with one squinty eye. Huh. But I have the secret interpretation. Right? And he would guide Swedenborg and want to write. The same night, the spiritual world was open. Yeah, you got connected with the demon. Sorry. He got duped. All right, one of Swedenborg's lesser-known works, uh, uh, again, states that he believed that the, uh, 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 the last judgment had begun in 1757. Uh, uh, also, uh, he says that the reason why it took place then was because the Christian church had lost its charity and faith, resulting in the loss of a spiritual free will that threatened the equilibrium of heaven and hell in everyone's life. <gasps> okay. All right. Uh, he also believed that uh, the last judgment on, in 1757 was followed by the second coming of Jesus. Ah, this doesn't feel like the millennium kingdom to me. <laughs> They're supposed to come after that. 
whoa. Uh, but, but of course, they spiritualize it. No, 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 no. It wasn't a literal second coming, a literal physical second coming. It was supposed to be, he believed, not Christ in person, but a revelation from him through the inner spiritual sense, of course, through guess who? Mr. Swedenborg. Okay. Uh, and of all things, you're going to start to see this pattern. He, he said that you shouldn't eat meat, and eating meat is something profane. Now, why would this guy who's connecting himself with demons, of all things, promote that? It was a warning 2,000 years ago. Open your Bibles again to our 1 Timothy chapter 4 text. All right? 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now, we saw this last time when it said these people are going to be listening and following teachings from demons. But if you continue to read past verse 1 there, uh, he's going to tell you what these demons are going to teach people and tell them to teach others. Okay? 1 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, let's take a look at that text real quick. It says this, the Spirit clearly says when? In the later times, that some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. Hello, Mr. Swedenborg. And things taught by what? They're demons. That's all it is. Now, such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. And here's what they teach. Of all things, God called this out 2,000 years ago. They forbid people to marry, i.e. celibacy. We saw that with some of the yoga teachings. Okay, and what else? And to, uh, or, to order them to abstain from certain foods. Okay, so of all things for this guy to start to promote, he says that eating meat is, uh, uh, to use uh, his words there, something profane. Excuse me, I got a problem with that. Now, again, as I said before, if you want to eat veggies, go eat veggies, whatever. But you cannot say that me and anybody else eating meat, that's wrong. Because God said it was okay in the scripture after the flood. So this is more of a serious issue with all kidding aside. Because this guy is basically, by saying that is profane, you just call God a liar. You got a problem with that. Now, again, if you want to eat veggies, whatever. But don't flip it around and go to the point where you say, I order you to abstain from that. Because that's profane, eating of meat. Again, pushing this vegetarian issue. Whoa. You're attacking God and his word. Okay, seriously. Now, now, just so, so now, unless you think that that's what he was talking about, listen to this. A number of Swedenborg's early followers were a part of the vegetarian movement that arose in Great Britain in the 19th century. Now, this is what's funny. You're also going to find this pattern. You're going to see these people in the New Age and the occult, when the they connect with demons, God warned this about and called out two specific behaviors. And these guys are always, almost always guilty of promoting this. Celibacy and abstaining from certain foods, vegetarianism, okay? Things of that nature. But there, a lot of them are very hypocritical. That's what they say to do, but they don't do. Listen to this. His landlord in London, Swedenborg, said he ate no meat, right? That's what he taught. It's profane. But, and I quote, his maid who served Swedenborg said he ate eels and pigeon pie. That almost make you want to eat vegetables. <laughs> but excuse me, it's technically it's what? Meat. Albeit gross, but it's meat. You hypocrite. And then at the age of 82, he went to explain his teachings to Lutheran Christians in Amsterdam. Of course, remember, that's the whole premise. He's got the right way. He's got to instruct the church. Shortly before Christmas, he had a stroke, partially paralyzed, confined to bed, and died in 1772. This was interesting. There's evidence that Swedenborg wrote a letter to John Wesley. Remember the founder of the Methodist movement? Now, he saying, Swedenborg said, that he had been told in the spirit world, the spirit of God told me, is that something there? That, the, in the, that Wesley wanted to speak with him. Well, Wesley, he was startled since he didn't said he had any interest with the Swedenborg guy. And so he replied back and says, listen, I'm, I'm on a journey for six months, but I'll contact you when I get back. So I'm not saying that Wesley got into this. Okay, but my point is, the reason why I bring that up is because who's got that same premise today? The Spirit of God told me that what you really need... Not trying to pick on charismatics, but I'm telling you folks, that's the same kind of practices that other people have gotten into, and it's not led to good. Anything that leads you away from this book, run. Stick with the Bible. You cannot be deceived. You get outside the Bible, mm-mm, doesn't lead good. Now, this led to another person called uh, Helena Blavatsky. Okay, how many guys gonna name your next cat that? Don't. Okay, uh, she was in. Now we're going from into the 1800s now. 
Okay, kind of jumps, jumps over to this lady. And she was born into an aristocratic Russian-German family in the Ukraine. And she, guess what? Traveled widely around the world as in the Russian Empire as a child. Once again, you got lots of cash, lots of time. And apparently that's not a good mixture. Okay, uh, she's largely self-educated and she developed an interest in Western estes, uh, uh, esotericism uh, in her teenage years. What's that? Basically in the vernacular, that was the occult movement uh, in, the in the 19th century here in the United States. You know, the rapping on the table, all the ghost stuff, remember that? You see in the black and white photos, well, well she, she got interested into that, unfortunately, here in the West. And uh, of course, it's just basically occult. Now, uh, she developed something that was called the Theosophical Society. Uh, Theos, Safas, Theos, God, Safas, Wisdom, Sophia, Wisdom, sorry, the word Sophia is Wisdom. And she felt that what she was tapping into with these occult techniques was she had the divine, the God wisdom. Okay. Now, uh, this led to, of course, what's called the Hermetic Order, the Golden Dawn, uh, something else called the Thelema. Uh, the Thelema, the, the one thing about them, we might get into this later into the occult, uh, but just to give you their number one rule was this do what you will shall be the whole of the law. What's that sound like? It sounds like Satanism. From Thelema, if you do the research, it ended up being promoted by a guy, picked up by a guy called Aleister Crowley. We'll get into him later. And he's the one who, uh, there was another influence with a guy named Anton LaVey, the Satanic Bible, and things of that nature. What's the number one rule of Satanism? Do what you will shall be the whole of the law. It's all about you. You do whatever you want. Does that sound familiar? That's what our world is promoting. Did you know that's flat out Satanism? That's from the occult? Absolutely wild. Okay, but she got in, uh, in, 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 into all that stuff. And uh, well, how did she even kind of get into that? Well, guess who she got into contact with, with the writings and stuff? Oh, I didn't write his name up there. Mr. Swedo, uh, Swedenborg, okay? And uh, she got connected into that. Now, another major person at the time was another guy named uh, uh, this guy, Mesmer. Does that sound familiar? Okay, Franz Anton Mesmer, uh, it's where he developed this thing called animal magnetism, heard that term? Okay, also uh, mesmerism, or to mesmerize somebody, it was totally mesmerized, it's from this guy. Okay, and he claimed that a universal life force permeated everything. What does that sound like? Star Wars, where'd that come from? Buddhism, are you starting to see how it all connects, right, when you do the research? Uh, and that this, uh, the chi, right, remember the chi's, what? And he believed that if you, if you manipulated this force and this, you, you, could, you can uh, solve all health problems because that's why you're having health problems because the, the, the chi, this, this force is out of balance. And, and through his mesmer techniques, and mes, people were mesmerized, uh, also got them into a trance where these people now claim to enter into visionary states and communicate with spirit beings. So you got a lot of bang for your buck apparently if you went down that route. So she made her way up to Canada Okay, eventually. So remember, she's traveling around. She's getting exposed to all this. She's interested in all this. Uh, she went into the Native American communities around Quebec. Why? Because, again, we might get into this later with shamanism, American Indianism. That's also very big in New Age as well. Why? Because they have various occult practices. Uh, certain uh, psychotropic drugs like peyote and, and, and mescaline and others. Uh, also with sweat lodges. Okay, with things that with the smoke and they, they, they get you into an altered state of consciousness. Of course, the Indians teach that they can communicate with the great white spirit or whatever spirit and the nature spirit or this spirit or whatever and then get this, you know, revelation and the, the shamans would do that to bring about wisdom and blah, blah, blah and healing and powers and all that stuff. Well, she went up there to get that. And I quote, she said she was very disappointed. She quote, was robbed. Why? Because uh, the natives she ran into weren't really uh, that native paganistic she said that their behavior was corrupted by the influence of christian missionaries once again you're seeing a thread they don't like christians wonder why now she got uh she heard a new story while she's over here in the west uh, of two guys william and horatio eddy they were brothers based uh, out of vermont and they were going around claiming that they had this uh spiritual phenomena this power they could levitate and manifest spiritual issues so she wants to go there and check it out well, when she gets there she meets this guy named Henry Olcott, and uh, she impressed upon, he was a reporter, and he, she impressed upon him with her own ability that she could manifest the spiritual phenomenon. So he starts writing articles about her, and basically she finally got some promotion. That's how she started to get uh, a little bit well-known. Now, she began to instruct Olcott, this reported guy, who uh, they began to have this relationship with him, uh, in her own occult beliefs, okay? And of all beliefs for her, 
to promote. Can anybody guess what they were? And I quote, to encourage people to become celibate. I've heard that before. And to become a vegetarian. Well, wait a second. Isn't that weird? It's almost like the Bible predicted 2,000 years ago, 1 Timothy chapter 4, that once people turn away from God's truth and they start getting connected with teachings from demons, then what's going to come out from these demons is celibacy and vegetarianism. Isn't that wild? Not making it up. That's what it is. Now, but the problem is, guess what? Just like with Swedenborg, who was apparently addicted to eels and pigeon pie, quote, she herself was unable to commit to the latter. Right? You said be a good vegetarian, but she couldn't do it. She was what's called a hypocrite, like, uh, like this guy. See if you can recognize this guy. Let's take a look. Yeah, bro, I've just really been concerned, man. Uh, I think you stopped eating so much of that red meat and the fast food, the grease. My uncle just died last week, bro. He's like this heart failure and all this stuff. I said, uh, you know, my girl and I just went on this vegan diet, and uh, it's life-changing. You know, you're right. Old sport. I've been thinking about it a lot. I'm about to go buy a burger myself. I've been feeling my veins expanding. I can't lose the weight and I wonder why I make these excuses, but you know what? You really showed me. Really appreciate it. Thank you. You might have saved my life. It's called a hypocrite. Uh, for those of you wondering, Bobby, come on, dude, what are you doing? Not but anyway, if it's all serious, I couldn't pass that up and go, oh, I remember that video. I got a spot for it tonight. But uh, that's what these people did. They're demonic teachers, but they don't do it, right? Hypocrites, okay? Uh, then she goes on a world travel. She visits Europe, the Americas, India, okay? And uh, she encounters these spiritual adepts. She starts connecting with these beings, and she called them the masters of the ancient wisdom, okay? Uh, they supposedly sent her to Tibet, and to help develop her psychic powers. Now, there's a debate on that issue. Some say she never even went there. It was just a bunch of baloney uh, because if her, her childhood, she was known for making up some really big stories. But maybe she did, maybe she didn't, whatever. Uh, but there's a debate. She argued that uh, she was contacting the spirits of the dead. She comes to New York. She uh, develops this theosophical society again. Uh, she publishes a book called Isis Unveiled. And uh, she describes that the, the, the need to have a synthesis between science, religion, and philosophy. And uh, she believed that her theosophy was basically the true source of all religions. And that we need to get back to that root source, the theosophy that she came up with. And, and, and then it would unify the planet. Okay, Now you know why I took two weeks and belabored the point back in Hinduism, which is the oldest Truth, the biblical account. And then all the other truths spun off after Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel, when people got separated. This is why. Because part of the New Age believes, uh-uh-uh. And that's how they seduce people. You mean you got a source of truth that's older than the Bible? It must be true, chronologically speaking, right? It's a lie, okay? But that's what she believed, and that's why I wanted to make sure you guys understood, mm -mm, don't fall for that. The scriptural account can be demonstrated to be the earliest account. Everything else spun off from that, unfortunately. Uh, but then she goes on. She goes over to India. She works with this Hindu uh, reform movement. She becomes the first Western to officially convert to Buddhism. Uh, she goes back to Europe. She uh, uh, starts this thing called the Blavatsky Lodge. And uh, she was visited at that lodge, okay, in London by guess who? Rhymes with Gandhi. Oh, that's right. It was Gandhi. Thank you, Cheryl, for pointing that out. And uh, he became a member of Blavatsky's Lodge. Interesting. Remember I told you when you do the research on Gandhi, number one, the guy wasn't Mr. Peacemaking like everybody thinks he is, and Hollywood tried to make him out to be, but this guy was involved in some pretty creepy stuff. He was hooked up with Blavatsky. Okay, and we're going to get, he also her follower, I'll get to that in a second. And he would emphasize the close connection between theosophy and Hinduism throughout his life. Well, why would he do that? Well, as we know with Hinduism, they got 330 million gods. What's another path? Right? So it fits their paradigm as well. Uh, Blatsby's uh, theosophy, again, said there was an ancient wisdom uh, that was founded originally across the world. 
and uh, that uh, that was the source of the original global faith. And again, if we get back to that, it's going to save humanity and blah, blah, blah. And, and again, that's what the, the New Agers believe. This is where it comes from, that if we can get back to all of us getting involved in these occult practices and coming around and all working together, we can bring that global peace back to the planet from the ancients and blah, blah, blah. And that's the, the premise. That's where it came from. Uh, she obviously felt that she was a messianic figure because she had the truth, like Swedenborg. If you just listen to her and her theosophical ideals, that uh, everything would be just fine to bring about harmony. Uh, she combined, she, where'd she get her beliefs from? Again, this is the, remember I, I shared with you the circle with the, the cafeteria thing or the buffet here in Vegas to use a modern vernacular. Uh, new age is what? Take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. Okay, I want some of that. Throw that in your plate, a little bit of this. I'll take this religion, a little bit of that. And you basically get to pick and choose whatever you want, just like a buffet, right? Well, she got her beliefs from Neoplatonism, uh, uh, Renaissance magic, uh, Kabbalah, which is uh, Jewish mysticism, Freemasonry, uh, together with ancient Egyptian, Greco-Roman uh, mythology, Eastern doctrines, and Buddhism, just to name uh, a few. Now, she also was seducing women. You know, why would ladies get involved in this? Well, listen to this. She was able to appeal to women to get sucked into this theosophical society, basically the early stages of New Age, uh, because she emphasized uh, or de-emphasized the importance of gender. Anybody doing that today? Mm-hmm. And to allow women to take on the spiritual leadership equal that of men. What does that sound like? Feminism. Feminism ideals, right? And, and back then, that's how she was able uh, to seduce women to go along to that. And, uh, and that she blamed, guess what? Which is a lie, because feminism does this today. Christianity is oppressive to women. No, it's not. When you're truly a biblical man and a biblical leader, women are elevated to the proper status. Women, the scripture teaches, not a weaker vessel as if they're inept. They are a precious china goblet. They are to be treated with delicate handle with care. They are not some plastic tumbler you could bounce around. They are very precious and that we as men need to treat them. That's what the Bible teaches. But feminism comes in with a lie and says, oh, no, that's what's keeping you oppressed. You need to become more like a man. Everything goes downhill from there. But that started uh, uh, with this lady. She also was anti-Jewish. She felt that the Jewish people were a religion of hate and violence. And uh, they were degenerate in spirituality. And she viewed Africans as inferior to Europeans. And they were considered to her, by her the lowest specimens of humanity. Ooh, a little racism there. Uh, and her ideas, again, uh, spread uh, throughout the West, eventually on up to the New Age uh, movement. Uh, she also uh, was later, it was, uh, she had a follower. She died in the home of a lady named Annie Besant. Uh, Annie Besant. And she died of flu there. But that was her big disciple and her successor. So that's basically, now it goes from Swedenborg to Bovlatsky uh, to this lady called uh, Annie Bassant. Okay, real quick, and we'll close with this. Now, this brings us into the mid-1800s, 1840 wish, up into like in 1933, I think is when she passed away, yes. And she was a British socialist, a theosophist, and a woman's rights activist. Ooh, so she's taking the torch with this feminist thing. Where's she getting that from? She's getting it from this issue. She, at the age of 20, she married a guy named Frank Bassant. He was a clergyman. But Annie's increasingly anti-religious views led to a legal separation. She runs into Blavatsky. She becomes a member of the Theosophical Society, becomes a very prominent lecturer on the subject, so she bit into it big time. She goes to India. She uh, travels and establishes the Central Hindu College. And while she's over there, she gets hooked up with co-Freemasonry. Now, we got a whole chapter on Freemasonry, Lord willing, later to get into when I turn 97 years old, apparently, at this rate. But anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, co-Freemasonry, well, the only thing different about that, Freemasonry, of course, is not biblical, and we'll get into that much, Lord willing, later, uh, but it accepted both men and women, okay? And that's what fit in with her, because she believes that Christianity is oppressing women, and they need to be just like men, and so here's Freemasonry, and they allow women, so she latched on to that. So she got hooked up into with Freemasonry. And uh, later, she becomes the president of the Theosophical Society, and she travels to the United States, and she uh, adopted a, a kid, a guy at the time, a young guy. His name was Jiddu Krishnamurti. That's his name. You'll never know if I pronounced it right or wrong. Uh, but, anyway, uh, but anyway, so she adopted him. Why? Because she claimed he was the new Messiah and the incarnation of the Buddha. Now, again, that's what they teach, is a world teacher is going to come 
to help establish this new age. And he is going to be this special Messiah figure who's going to help usher in, what does that sound like? Sounds like a false prophet figure. And that's who she believed he was. Of course, obviously he wasn't, but that's who she believed. And she was touting around the United States with this guy in the 20s. She, now, I want to share this because this is important because this is what happened to me. Early on, now back up when she's still in the time frame where she's married to this clergyman, she began to question her faith. And she turned to a leading, to leading churchmen, more than one, for advice. And when she asked them to recommend books that would answer her questions, quote, they told her she read too many books already. When I used to run into Christians, you wonder why I'm very passionate about getting the church equipped, getting into apologetics, focusing on your walk with Jesus Christ needs to be honoring and glorifying to him as you share the gospel, but able to give a defense for the hope that lies within you. Why? Because I ran into Christians, and she did too, apparently, who would just make statements like, yeah, whatever. You just got to accept my faith. And how I translated that, and maybe her too, apparently that ain't much of a faith. Because you guys can't even answer these basic questions. Now, the answers are there. But unfortunately, many Christians are not equipped. Why are we doing this study? So we can be equipped to give an intellectual, loving response for the hope that lies within us. Okay? But anyway, so apparently then she went down south. So she got, that's when she started getting involved with the Theosophical Society. And she chose a different path. Unfortunately, because of that, women's rights, secularism, birth control. Why is she big on birth control? Why did it later end up with Margaret Sanger who formed Planned Parenthood? What's the new age goal? What's their premise? We're going to create a new age. How are you going to have that new age? Well, we need to annihilate 90% of the population of the planet. It's really what they believe, right? And so birth control is one of the ways to depopulate the planet. That's why they're promoting this stuff. Uh, she began to write attacks on churches and how they controlled people's lives. Why did she get such a sour taste in her mouth? Her confrontation. No answers. And she wanted to get rid of the special status of Christianity. She believed that the Christianity spoke of woman as a necessary evil. What? What Bible are you reading? And that the greatest saints of the church despise women the most. Excuse me? But this is what, it does not sound like feminism today. And listen to this quote from her. I leveled all the strength of my brain and tongue to expose the history of the Christian church with unsparing hand, its persecutions, its religious wars, its cruelties and oppressions. Now, if you want to talk about the Catholic church doing that, that's true. But the Catholic Church is not biblical Christianity. And the Bible does not condone any of that stuff, including the Crusades, what you're talking about. But that's the misnomer. It all gets lumped into saying, oh, it's Christianity. And of course, she wanted to say that the Gospels uh, were not reliable. She uh, again gets hooked up into co Freemasonry because, again, that, and she meets this guy, this guy named Charles Webster Ledbetter. Better, Beater, however you pronounce it. And uh, she, uh, they became close co workers. He was a fellow uh, theosophist guy. And, uh, and they would remain close uh, fellowship, uh, relationship uh, the rest of their lives. In 1895, uh, Ledbetter writes how Bassant, Annie Bassant, became clairvoyant. So she tapped into the spiritual world. And together they, uh, through clairvoyance, the psychic power supposedly, investigated the universe and the history of mankind. And they co-authored a book called The Occult Chemistry. And lo and behold, it's almost like I'm starting to see a pattern here. When you get connected with demons and you listen to their false teachings, one of the things that's going to come through is one of two things. Celibacy, vegetarianism. And sure enough, Leadbeater encouraged the practice of celibacy. Very interesting. And, and why? Because it's considered a prerequisite advancement for the spiritual path, right? You need to be cleansed from all that to achieve a higher spiritual vibration. You need to be cleansed in this dietary issue to be, achieve a higher vibration. It's the same lie. Isn't that weird? Every single one of these people... 1 Timothy chapter 4 uh, is, is coming uh, around. Uh, she joins the Indian National Congress, but because of her officer view, she was arrested uh, and uh, interned. But guess who came to her aid? Rhymes with Gandhi. That's right, Tom. That's right. Uh, you must be listening to Cheryl. Gandhi. Gandhi came to her rescue, theosophy, okay, and uh, demanded her release. She became ill in India and died in 1933 at the age of uh, 85. Now, the Theosophical Society, right now you're thinking, well, that's just a small aberration. No, it's not. It's active in more than 52 countries right now around the world. Uh, the Theosophical Society, if you take a look at their symbolism, maybe when we get into the occult, Lord willing, 
I'm going to start busting down the symbolism because there's all kinds. The, the occult tells you what they're up to. But it goes in one eye and out the other, if that's possible. Uh, uh, because we don't understand their symbolism. Right? But the symbolism with the Theosophical Society, it all has meaning. And just to give you some ideas of how satanic this stuff is, it's demonic. Uh, they, the, uh, they, they have a, one sign is a serpent biting uh, its tail, uh, the Ouroboros. It also includes the swastika, okay, as their symbol. The Ankh, if you remember that, uh, Egyptian sign. The serpent intertwined forming the letters T-S, Theosophical Society, and Om, okay, or Om, A-U-M, O-M or A-U-M. And that's that Hindu sacred sound, the mantra, the Om, when the, the false, the deities, demons of Hinduism. Uh, the present-day New Age movement is based on a considerable uh, extent of the original theosophical ideas. And I quote, no single organization or movement has contributed to so many components of the New Age movement as the Theosophical Society and has become the major force of dissemination of the occult in the West in the 20th century. Well, that's about all we can get to tonight. Lord willing, next week we're going to continue on. And eventually we're going to make it up into modern times. We're going to talk about that Benjamin Cream guy, Grimm, right? And Maitreya, what in the world is this world teacher figure? And he's saying he's on the planet right now. Right now. I've shared with you the commercials. They've already aired two of them, two of them that I know of on CNN, saying this world teacher's on the planet awaiting our invitation. Things of that nature. Also with Oprah Wan Kenobi and others that are promoting this. Uh, and, and one thing that Oprah's doing is she's uh, seducing a lot of Christian women who just will not shut that filth off. Gotta watch Oprah. And you're getting indicted. It's causing a lot of confusion to a lot of Christian women. But we'll get to that, Lord willing. Maybe next time. Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven, and that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness, or the wrong things that we have done, have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin, or unholiness, uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy, we're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay, well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay, and folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that, and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. 
Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God. And you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a of death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that? right now. Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.